interviewing for hiring managers. Thanks for joining me again today. We'll cover interviewing from a manager's perspective. In a previous episode, we've already talked about interviewing from a candidate's perspective, but it's time to flip the table and get on the side of individuals who are charged with determining who are the top performers and who is just an average player. This isn't an easy job, and I'm here to help you gain more information during the interview process and also attract those top performers. In this podcast, we'll go deeper than we have before on preparing for an interview, developing questions, preparing your interview team, and attracting the right candidate once you've identified them. Hopefully you've listened to episode number seven, How to Hire Really Great People. It's an excellent introduction into the subject, and in this episode, we'll go deeper. So let's get into it. Planning. Take some time before you start to interview to identify what you're looking for. We want to identify traits and competencies. For more on this, go back and listen to episode 7, but I'll give you a brief review on traits and competencies. Traits are innate, traits are innate qualities of people. Work ethic, drive, personality style, who you are is a trait. Competencies are learned through experiences. Job competencies are learned exper, competencies are learned. Experience, jobs you've done, software, programs, education. So now identify the critical tasks and responsibilities, both traits and competencies. Review the job description you've written. Think about top performers who are doing similar jobs in your team, in your organization, or in organizations you've worked in in the past. This is the time to identify what it takes to be successful in the role that you're interviewing for. The rule of thumb is that you should identify 80% traits and 20% competencies. I recommend no more than 10 items on your list. So that means two competencies and eight traits. An example of this would be if you're hiring for a customer service rep for a call center, your list might look like this. Competencies. Experience solving customer problems. Willingness to sit for eight hours on the phone. Traits. Patience. Customer service orientation. Works well with people. Clear speaking voice. Problem solver. Compassionate. Courteous. Flexible. For help coming up with your list of traits and competencies or to better understand this subject, go to the internet and Google traits and competencies. There's plenty of free information and even lists of specific traits so that you can jog your memory and identify the ones that are most important in your role. Also, Lominger, who's recently been acquired by Corn Ferry, provides an excellent book about traits and competencies. This is a valuable resource in developing interview guides and identifying what traits and competencies are most important in your organization. Once you've developed your list, go back through it and prioritize. Eliminate any items that are not absolutely mission critical. You want your list to be short and concise as I mentioned before, no more than 10 items. Next step is to divide and conquer. If you're the hiring manager, divide these up into areas that your team can assess. If you have four interviewers, this is probably four or five areas each with moderate overlap. No more than two individuals should have the same area to assess. This helps eliminate interviews where every single interviewer asks the same question. If you divide the areas up, individuals will focus on specific areas 
and you'll have a more broad-reaching review of the candidate from multiple perspectives, looking at different areas of traits and competencies. You can even develop an interview guide or assessment tool based on your list and distribute it to the interview team, identifying specific areas for them to focus on. When I've seen this done in the past, the position has a list of no more than 10 critical traits and competencies, and each trait and competency has example interview questions as well as an area to score the traits and competencies. Then each interviewer is given responsibility for four or five areas within the worksheet. The worksheets are scored after the interviews are complete, and they're used as a tool to debrief when decisions are made on that individual candidate. It helps create consistency and alignment among interviewers and also allows you to cover, as I said, various aspects of the candidate's experience, traits, and competencies. If you're not the hiring manager and just a participant on the interview team, ask the hiring manager what critical factors you should assess for success and what input they're looking for. Based on this list of traits and competencies, come up with two to three interview questions for each trait or competency on your identified list. If you're having problems coming up with these, go to the internet. There are plenty of sample questions out there to get you thinking of specific areas to assess. In addition, if you're using Lominger, there are a list of specific questions for each trait and competency and examples of the skill when it's being used well, overused, or a weakness. This will help you to better assess individuals' traits and competencies. Therefore, I highly recommend getting a copy of that book. As you're developing your interview questions, be sure to keep it legal. I'll have a section on keeping it legal a little bit later in this podcast, but now that we're talking about developing questions, be sure to not ask questions about age, race, gender, sexual orientation, or any other protected area. If you're having issues with this, Speak to HR and they can advise you on whether the interview questions you're developing are appropriate. In general, they should apply to specific requirements of the job and not be general interview questions. Also, as you're developing your questions, develop open-ended questions. Open-ended questions are not yes or no questions. An example of a not open-ended question is, do you have C-plus experience? That's a yes or no. An open-ended question would an example of an open-ended question would be, tell me about a time where you use C-plus to design a program. Open-ended questions tend to be about examples of a time where you worked on something or worked with people. So take the things you're interested in assessing and come up with scenario questions. Behavioral-based interviews is all about asking individuals how they would perform in a situation or how they would behave when confronted with a challenge. It's not rocket science. You just need to think a little bit about it, think about what you're looking to assess, and come up with scenarios that would allow the person to problem solve or give an example where they've done this in the past. It's not to say that you should be asking hypothetical questions. Generally, you want to ask questions where you're asking for a specific situation. As much specifics as you can get is always helpful as long as you avoid proprietary information. You should be careful when interviewing people not to put them in a situation where they need to disclose information about their current employer that would be considered confidential or proprietary. That's not an appropriate question. Another good source that will help you prepare questions about the candidate is the candidate's resume. Look into his or her experience 
and find areas of accomplishment that you'd like to ask about or experiences that you're curious about or that apply to the role that you're interviewing for. So in general, you can come up with questions based on the following areas. One, general questions about the traits and competencies that you're looking to assess. Number two, experiences in the individual's resume that are interesting. Some other areas of questioning that you could approach are self-appraisal questions. You could ask the individual to tell you what they think about themselves or appraisal of their role or performance. There are many other ideas for creative interview questions, so the most important part of this is to dedicate the time before you get in the room to interview to think about what's most important and then develop questions that are open-ended, behavioral-based questions that will help you assess those areas, utilizing the tools available on the internet or the many books out there about interviewing. Let's talk about the actual interview. Candidate experience is important. It's important for several reasons. Number one, many candidates are nervous and don't interview frequently. It's important to put them at ease and give them a good experience so that they can put their best foot forward and you can get the information you need to make a decision. Number two, in the age of the internet, candidates can easily assess you and your company in a very public way. Tools like Glassdoor, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter allow a poor interview experience to become a public issue. The customer service rule is when an individual has a positive experience, they tell one to two people. When an individual has a poor customer service experience, they tell up to six people. Even if this is not a candidate that you want to hire, do you want them talking about you, your organization, and your job in a negative light? Experience matters. So here's some tips. Assess. Don't interrogate. Many interviewers, once they have a list of questions, stare blankly at their list, read off their list, take notes, never make eye contact, and drill people. A good interviewer does not grill people. A good interviewer engages in a positive, productive dialogue with an individual. They put them at ease. They build rapport. They get the information they need to assess the individual in a non-threatening, non-intimidating way. That's your goal. You should put your phone away, your iPad, your computer keyboard. Give this individual the focus for the 30 minutes or an hour that you have to interview them. After all, think about their experience. They may have called in sick to work, gotten on an airplane, come out to visit you. They got a haircut, a new suit, put together their resume, told their spouse they're out here interviewing for a job. Think about how much stress they're going through. It's very, very challenging to interview, and it's very easy to forget this when you're sitting in your office another day, similar to the past two weeks, where nothing's different. For this individual, this is a day that they've either looked forward to or dreaded. They might be nervous. So put them at ease. Break the ice. Start by offering them the bathroom, a glass of water. Ask them how their day went so far, how their travel is, and how they like the area. Don't show all your cards. Don't give them a list of the things that you're looking to interview for. You might give them a couple things if they ask you, hey, tell me about the most important things that you're looking for, but certainly don't disclose all the items that you're looking to assess. Many candidates can become a chameleon, and that's not what you want. You want to understand them in their natural state, in the way they are, and have them speak frankly about their experiences and not tailor their answers to what they think you're looking for. Make it a conversation. A two-way dialogue is best. Go off script. Be curious. 
drill down in areas of interest. The questions you built in preparation for this are just a guide. However, the best interviewers go with the flow and continue to drill down as they find areas that are either interesting in a positive way or potentially a negative way. It's kind of like pulling on a loose thread. You never know what's going to happen, but you're going to get the best information. The worst interviewers stick to the script. Stay focused on taking notes. Stay focused on their list. They don't listen for what's being said or not being said and go areas that either are comfortable or uncomfortable, but do it in a professional way. Pay attention to body language. Eye contact. Is the person being candid with you? Are they making something up? Can they provide facts and details? Is it a first-person account, or are they talking about the team, we, everyone? You want to hear, I did, I impacted. Another good example of an interview question that might work for you is, tell me about a time where things were working best for you. What did that feel like? How was your boss interacting with you? What were your responsibilities? You get individuals to go into a state where they're talking about what they like most, where they work best, and you can assess how they work best, what they like most, straight from their mouth, and understand if that fits with you. Ask them about their accomplishments. If you're interested in strengths and weaknesses, don't just ask, what are your strengths? Instead, say something like this. Who do you report to? What's the individual's name? Many times they'll say, I report to the VP of Marketing. Oh, you do? What's his name? Oh, that's John Smith. Okay. Well, if I were to call John Smith, not saying I'm going to because this is confidential, and I were to ask him, what are Mr. Candidate's strongest attributes and what are his development areas, what would John Smith say? Think about how that increases the candor factor. They actually think you might call John Smith and ask. They're going to tell more of the truth Then, tell me about your greatest strengths and weaknesses. So even when you're asking an open-ended question, look for opportunities to add specificity and detail so that you can get more candid answers. Making a decision and a hiring recommendation. Assessment and scoring. One method of scoring is to keep a list of the areas you're assessing, and every time the person says something positive or negative, put a check or minus next to this area. At the end, you'll have a visual, tangible view of where he or she works best. For example, you could assess customer service orientation by asking a series of questions about experiences that they had in a customer service environment. Tell me about a difficult customer that you worked with. What did you do? And as they're telling your story, when you hear something that's positive towards customer service orientation, you put a check. If you hear something you don't like, you put a minus. By measuring the number of times they mention positive or negative things in the areas that you're assessing, you'll have a more tangible view of their strengths and weaknesses. Another option is to save your scoring for the end and think about how he or she rated in your mind's eye in these areas. It's personal choice, so use a model that works best for you. Another note, listen to your gut. Jack Welch is a big proponent on listening to your gut, as is Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink is an excellent resource for you in thinking about how you can use your gut to make better hiring decisions. One of the things that's common between Malcolm Gladwell and Jack Welch is the idea that you need to build and develop your ability to listen to your gut. The best way to do this is to understand that you need to do it. 
and that it's possible. When I was in recruiting school, they said great recruiters can listen to individuals and assess them quickly to decide if they're top performers or average. And when I got out of recruiting school, I scratched my head and I said, well, how do you do that? Hmm, I don't know if I can do that. But you know what? I started to do it. I started to listen. Once you know it's possible, you know it can be done. Listening to your gut and using your gut to assess individuals can be done. But you need to believe in your gut. You need to believe it's possible and you need to learn how to listen to your gut. Conversely, when there's a poor performer that you're interviewing, the signs are there. A bad hiring decision is always there. Many times people ignore the warning signs, the red flags. Don't ignore warning signs and red flags. My final comment on decision-making is you need to make a decision. Don't hesitate. If you're the hiring manager, this is your responsibility. This is why the company pays you the big bucks to make the decision. Is this the right person for me? Can I hire them? Will they do a good job for me? I'm here to tell you that everyone has development areas. Everyone has a flat side. Everyone has something that's, that's not perfect. If you're looking for perfection in the people you hire, you're going to fail. Great leaders, great interviewers understand who they're hiring. They understand that in an imperfect world, people will be imperfect. What they do is hire the right combination of skills and the right development areas, ones they can work with, are not mission critical so that they can build a team of complementary skills to be successful. So don't look for perfection. Look for the right people that you can develop that will follow you as a leader to create success in your organization. As my old boss used to say, compare candidates to profile, not candidate to candidate. The reason for this is twofold. One, many markets, it takes too long to wait for other candidates to interview to compare them to each other. If you wait a week or even three or four days, a top-performing candidate may get an offer from another company. If you like a candidate and they can do the job and they hit all the boxes, hire them. Another reason to compare candidates to profile and not to another candidate is that it is the wrong focus. You could end up with the best of the worst. Imagine yourself comparing five candidates that are all mediocre. You choose the best of the mediocre candidates. That doesn't mean that any of those candidates would be successful in your role or fit the profile you're looking to hire. You need to get clear in the beginning of the process what the right profile is for you. We've talked about it in how to hire really great people in terms of writing your job description and also in terms of informing your hiring team, recruiters, interviewers, and others involved in the process and what you're looking for. If you didn't do it when you opened the requisition, before you interview the person is absolutely the time to get crystal clear. And the final time to get crystal clear about what's essential is when you're making the hiring decision. So don't compare candidate to candidate. Compare candidate to profile. And once you see someone who fits the profile you're looking for and fits your organization, hire them. Keeping it legal. Tips for legal interviewing. First, I'm going to provide you a legal disclaimer. I am not a lawyer, and you should consult an attorney on specific legal questions. This is not intended to be legal advice, just some things to think about as you interview to develop questions. With that disclaimer out of the way, here's my advice as someone in the recruiting industry on how to avoid legal issues in interviewing. One, your questions should be related specifically to the performance of the essential duties of the job. They should not be based on assumptions about types or groups of people. 
All workers in the U.S. are protected against discrimination based on race, religion, age, gender, marital status, disability, veteran status, pregnancy, and sexual orientation. So don't ask questions about these areas or be very careful when you ask questions, if they're job-related, that they don't cross the line into discriminatory questions. Consult with an employment attorney or your HR person before you initiate questions anywhere near these questions. And if you have any questions or concerns about keeping it legal, that's a good resource for you, is your HR person or your legal person. That's what they're there for. Additionally, all of your notes relating to interviews are discoverable. Speak to your HR or legal person about your organization's specific requirements related to the retention of employment records. Some companies don't like you to take notes on the resume. Some companies are okay with it. Some companies want you to send any formal notes to HR. Other companies have a specific data retention policy after which the information is destroyed. So you need to follow the guidelines of your organization regarding interview notes and data, as well as adhere to keeping your interview questions legal and get training or information from your organization about their specific guidelines. Because again, this is not intended to be specific legal advice. It's simply to give you some broad-reaching guidelines around areas of potential risk. Selling your job. Selling your job is critical. We can't talk about interviewing and assessment without also talking about selling your job. Because part of your interview is to sell people who you think are good fits for your organization on you, your organization, the role you have, and working together. Otherwise, you're just going to assess people that will get jobs at other organizations. Top performers have choices. It's your job to attract them. Your three biggest jobs as a leader are one, identify the talent that you need for your organization. Two, attract that talent. And three, onboard that talent. There are certainly many other things you do as a leader, but those are three critical areas as it comes to building your organization. Don't make your interview process unpleasant. As we said before, candidate experience matters. I try to assess the individual in the first 30 or 45 minutes of the interview. If the person is good, then I blend in selling my job and company to this individual so I can get them excited. As we've discussed before in previous podcasts, to sell an individual on your job, talk about what's in it for them, the WIFM, what this position will lead to, what you like about your organization, your team, the company. Tell them about the things that will get them excited. You should write this down as part of your preparation. So we've now covered planning, how to assess your job, candidates, and develop questions, interviewing, how to ask questions and get information, decision-making, how to assess the responses and make a decision, keep it legal, and selling your job. So thanks for joining us 